you know, this morning I want to uh, continue along uh, what we've been sharing about this month. You know, I took some time uh, there at the end of the year and uh, towards the end of the year and I got away for several days and just went and spent some time praying, seeking the Lord. And, uh, you know, when you uh, are in charge of something, it doesn't matter if it's a business or a church or whatever you may find yourself in. I think it's important as believers, why in the world would we not seek the Lord and ask for some help? Uh, You know, especially when, you know, we've got to make decisions. And, uh, you know, and so I spent some time, just got away earlier, or the last part of the year last year, and I began to just pray and ask the Lord. Uh, Every year, obviously, we start off the year. I encourage you to do, uh, to join in with us in prayer and fasting. And, uh, and, but I also believe that God will also give us specific instructions for the year if we'll ask Him. And I believe that works for us as a church, but I also believe that works for you in your own life, your own family, your own business, whatever it may be. And, uh, you know, and so I think it's important that we do that. And as I was spending this time away, I really uh, just got stirred about really that word seek. It just really began. Uh, and really, <clears throat> it's not just about seeking God by just like, well, hey, I, you know, I go to church and I, you know, I, I read my... I mean, like, in your own personal life, really more of a, a prayer um, and, and a prayer life. Um, you know, and that's really the way that I felt like the Lord was stirring me, that even this year, um, you know... I can just tell you that there's been times in my life that I've not prayed like I knew I should, and it was rougher than it probably should have been. But there's also been times in my life where I know that I had spent time praying, and it's amazing how much smoother things went. Why? Because when I don't pray, it says I'm in charge. When I do pray, I'm saying, God, I need some help. And we're going to talk about some of this this morning. You know, but, it, but, and that's part of it. And so, I mean, if you weren't here last Sunday morning, I would encourage you, uh, the Lord changed my message and didn't really change it. He just added a lot to it. And, um, and it was a lot better. And uh, so, you know, even what I'm saying to you, I have to ask the Lord because I don't want to just preach a message just because that's what I'm supposed to do. And that's, if I don't do it, who's going to do it, right? But I want to actually hear from the Lord, uh, not just for you, but also for myself. And last uh, week, um, there was a very specific word that I believe the Lord gave me. Uh, and if you happen to not be here or didn't get a chance uh, to catch it yet, it's on the podcast. I would encourage you. The Lord spoke to me two specific things about this year that I believe were prophetic. And, uh, you know, and I don't say that lightly and I don't throw those words around lightly. I wouldn't say it if I didn't absolutely 100% believe that. And, um, you know, so I would encourage you um, just to jump on there. We edited it out and, uh, you know, and so... Uh, I did uh, had the thought, well, what if I wasn't here last Sunday and I still want you to pray for me? I'll still pray for you. And, uh, you know, so, but I would encourage you to go listen to the message and uh, because I believe that uh, part of uh, uh, seeking this year, and I, and I don't have, uh, it's not, I may end up using it next January for our fast, what I may teach. And you're like, you're a year out? No. But... I'm already being stirred about even the beginning of next year uh, about some things. And so, you know, there are something, there's something uh, special and dynamic that happens when we set the first part of the year aside to the Lord and just pray. And I believe even through fasting and, um, you know, that God will unlock some things in our life. We're not trying to negotiate with God, manipulate God, but what we are doing is seeking Him first. And the Bible says when we seek Him first, there are rewards and there are blessings that come. And I believe also breakthroughs that will come. And so, um, you know, so we've been talking over the last number of weeks uh, about this. And 
or, you know, about seeking the Lord here and specifically in the area of prayer. So if you have your Bibles, uh, this is really the verse that the Lord first prompted in me because I know when people hear the word seek, most of you immediately go to Matthew chapter 6. Seek first the kingdom of God and all His rights and all these things. And yes, that's a part of this, but that's really not the genesis, if you will, of what the Lord began to stir in me. It really came here out of uh, Luke chapter 11. I want to read you just a couple of verses. And I really taught uh, more in depth on this in the first week of this series, so it would be two Sundays ago. But uh, in verse 9, Jesus is talking and He says, So I tell you, to keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. You know, it's hard to find something if you quit looking for it. You know, here a while back, uh, Max, my son, who's 18 months old, he uh, had taken my car keys. We were missing several things. And uh, we had not been able to find them. Even just recently, he lost something in my office. And I'm like, I know it's in my office, but I can't find it. And he has a way, he likes to stick stuff in stuff, right? And uh, he just, you know, it's just, he's a boy and he's young. So, you know, um, just try to make sure he doesn't electrocute himself. But, uh, you know, but anyhow, so he had taken a pair of my truck keys and even this little remote control to our little TV soundbar thing. And we were missing some other little items, you know, uh, one of them was like the end of, like we had this little, I don't know what you call it. I call it the booger back. But uh, it's a little thing you can, it's like a battery operated suction thing. And uh, he had taken the ends off of it. We couldn't find it and then had some other stuff. And so, man, I'm looking, I just, one day I just got determined. I'm going to find this. The boy is not smarter than me. He's not taller than me. So it's got to be from here down, first of all. And my honest conclusion was, I think he's thrown them away. That's what my concern was, and the trash was coming soon. I said, no, the trash is not going out until I find all this stuff. And uh, thankfully, I had another set of keys, but it was my wife's set of keys to my truck. And uh, But anyhow, so man, I, I don't know, for two days, I would just search. I'm looking at everything. I'm going through everything, opening everything. And finally, I had exhausted everything I could think of. I mean, I even went through the trash. I mean, I went out to the trash can. I'm looking through the trash, and I'm like, it's not in here. That was my bet. That's, you know, I had exhausted everything until I went to the trash. And I just thought, I I'm not going to find it. And I just kind of got annoyed. You ever get annoyed? It's amazing how annoyance can motivate you. So I stopped like just going through stuff and I just started looking. Just kind of stepped back and started looking at everything. Because, you know, we got our living room and our kitchen and we got a little room in the front there. And I'm like, well, you know, and I just start looking and looking. And I just started paying attention. I wasn't just digging through everything, but more taking a step back to look. And we have these three vases over in the corner. So I go over there in this one particular room, and I turn upside down, and nothing. A little bit of dust falls out, you know. I grab the next one, and nothing falls out. I grab the third one and tip it over, and then everything that I was looking for fell into my hands. And I had found all of these items that we just assumed were gone. But how many of you know, if I would have just said, they're gone, they're in the trash, we've thrown them away... It might be the next time that we move from our house, which who knows when that will be. Max could be grown by the time that I would find those keys and be like, man, I ain't had that truck in 10 years. Those keys were here all along. But yet it took some perseverance to seek. And so, you know, and I'm telling you, it was days. And you can ask there, I was frustrated. So I was like, I will not be defeated by him. And he needs to learn that daddy is smarter. And so, uh, you know, need to enforce that early. And, uh, you know, but, but it took some perseverance. But it also took me stepping back. And that's kind of what we're doing right now. During this time. 
You know, is that we're taking a step back to seek the Lord, not for something particular. There's nothing wrong if you have things that you've been praying and asking the Lord for. I would encourage you to do that. But at some point, you've just got to seek Him and seek a relationship with Him, that connection with the Father. Why? Because that's what Jesus died for. He didn't only die so that we could get to heaven. That's only half the deal. He died for us so that what we could actually be in relationship with Him, like right now. And so, you know, so here it says that if we keep on seeking, you will find. It says, keep on knocking and the door will be open for everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds and to everyone who knocks the door will be opened. Drop down to verse 13. It's, you can go back. I've already read all this so I don't uh, previously, but uh, in verse 13 it says, if you are sinful, so if you are sinful and, and people know how to give good gifts to your children, he says, how much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit? To those who ask Him. If God being good, we were just singing about this, if God being good knows what we need, Matthew 6 talks about this before verse 33. It talks about all these things that everybody else is so concerned about. And it says, look, you don't need to be concerned about your life. Because God has you. The Bible actually says that He upholds you in His righteous, which is also His, in the Bible, the right hand always represents victory. His victorious, righteous right hand. That's where you're being held right now. You know, and so we need to understand that there is something to be said for setting time aside, seeking the Lord specifically in prayer. And this morning I want to talk to you about prayer and uh, really just give you some uh, to encouragement uh, for you and, uh, and hopefully uh, kind of stir you up to some motivation as well about this. Because I believe sometimes we can just say, well, I understand what prayer is. It's going to God and asking Him. Or telling him what I need. There's an element of that, but it's supposed to be fellowship. It's supposed to be dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. There's supposed to be a relationship being had where I talk to him and he talks to me. Yeah. And we see that in the life of Jesus. Well, that's available for us now. That's not, you know, for select few people. If you're saved, and I believe even if you're not saved, God will still speak to you. God spoke to me before I was saved. You know, but even hearing his voice, you're like, well, I don't hear God talk to me. Cut out some of the distractions. Get rid of some of the the noise in your life. That's part of what this season's about. I want to hear from God clearly. So I'm going to keep the TV off. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to spend a little extra time in prayer and in worship and in study of the word. Why? Because I'm getting rid of all the noise so that I can hear God's voice. I pray this all the time. Is that, And I say it like this. I say, God, I thank you that I hear you accurately and clearly. I say it all the time over my life. I pray it over you. That we hear your voice accurately and clearly. That I'm not like, was that the Lord? I'm a... Now sometimes, I'm like, I think the Lord told me to do something or stirred something in me. But it's not clear. But there's a peace in my heart. And so I take step one, step two, step three. And as long as that peace stays, then I, okay, I know the Lord's leading me. It's not always just like handwriting on a wall that I'm like, oh, the Lord spoke. That's what we need to do. It's, I'll just say this. It's never been like that. I mean, I wish I was like Moses and God comes and writes on the wall. That would be awesome. But that's not the way it works. Many times it comes through Scripture. Many times it's just a prompting in my heart. You know, it's just almost like, I'll say it this way, it's almost like a thought, but I know it's not mine. It's just this little subtle something that rises up on the inside of me. And that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying that God speaks to me. I'm not saying that, you know, I sit down and God calls my phone and we have a conversation. It's not like that at all. But there are uh, these moments where God will stir things up in my heart. And, you know, and I want to encourage you with this. 
about this. And so turn over with me to Matthew chapter 6. We're not going to read verse 33 today, but I want to read this to you out of the message translation. And this is Jesus' instructions about prayer. And I love the way that the the message translation gives it a little bit different spin. And uh, so it'll be up on the screen for you. But it says in verse 5 of Matthew 6, it says, when you come before the Lord, in other words, when you come to pray, he says, don't turn it into a theatrical production. Don't put on a show. Just come to the Lord. And, it said, and so he, he goes on with the same thought because why there are people who were making a big show about it. The religious leaders of the day, it was like Super Bowl Sunday and they're coming down the alleyway and they're got their jock jams rolling and they're, you know, the spiritual people. Now let's pray. That's a, that's a pretty clear mental picture. I'm not kidding. Go re- they would go to the street corners and stand on boxes and pray really loud so everybody would see their godliness. That's actually why Jesus is making this statement. It says, all these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. I love this. Do you think God sits in a box seat? You think he's amused? And Jesus says, here's what I want you to do. He says, find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Let me say it this way. God wants you to come before him honestly. If you're having a rough day, it's okay to say, God, today stinks. I'm struggling today. I'm struggling with holding on to what I'm believing for. I don't know if it, what you're doing in my life. I, I'm struggling and I need some help. That's being honest before the Lord. I don't need to come to God and be like, Oh, Father, you are holy and I am nothing. And making this... I talk to God the way I would talk to you. I, I don't talk any different. He made me this way, so apparently He likes it. He made you the way you are, so apparently He likes that too. So just be you. I believe when we're genuinely ourselves, that's when we bring the most glory to God. Because he created us with the mind frame, the skill set, all of those things, the attributes that we have. God made you the way you are. Why? Because he likes you. I mean, it's one thing to say, well, God loves me. And every, of course, God loves everybody. There's people I love, but I don't really like. I love them because I have to, right? So I got to keep my heart right. Look, we're just being honest here. But it's another thing that God likes us because He really does. So we just need to be honest before... Look, He's not shocked anyways. He already knows what's going on. He knows how many hairs are on the tops of your head and, he's no, and He knows how many that you've lost over the years. Amen. So for those of you that I, that applies to. No, the instruction is find a quiet, secluded place. He said, just be simply and honestly, or just be, just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. And he says, the focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense His grace. See, when we get to that place of prayer, it could just be, Lord, I need you. I need your presence right now. It has been a, a bad day, a bad week, a bad year. And I just need the sense of your grace right now. I, I, need, I need the touch of your spirit. Now, I don't have to make a show of it. I'm not trying to jump through hoops and say specific things. I mean, we looked at it uh, a couple weeks ago about the Lord's Prayer. That, you know, some people will pray that verbatim. Jesus was giving us a, and let me say it this way, Jesus was giving us an outline of how to pray, not what to pray. He's giving us an outline. 
Verse 7 goes on, and it says, The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. There's a lot of people who pray, but it ain't producing nothing. Why? Because they're ignorant about the way prayer is supposed to be. And I, It says, They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting you what you want from God. Now, I'm just going to make a statement here. I don't know if anybody's ever done this, but just so you know, because I'm your pastor and I love you. If you see somebody on TV and they said, hey, we're going to pray for you, but you need to send blah, 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 blah. That's a technique that they're using to profit off of you, not to get your prayer answered. Keep your money in your back pocket. Pray for them that the Lord would convict them. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I mean, you know, I, you can't buy anything from God. He, let me say it this way. You, you can't buy what's already been purchased. So you can't buy anything. Why? Because he's already paid the full price. I mean, can you imagine if you were in a restaurant and somebody picked up your bill and you went up there and you just flat out refused to let somebody else pay your bill? No, I'm paying for my bill. I'd say thank you very much and walk out the door. No. So we need to be and have an understanding is that, look, prayer is not a bunch of formulas. It's not A, B, C, D. It is, am I honest and pure before the Lord? And am I just being real with Him? That's what prayer is all about. And so even as we're seeking during this time, God does not want us to role play. In other words, really what it's saying is don't be like an actor playing a role. Well, I know so-and-so and this is how they pray, so I need to pray that way. No, you need to pray who you are. Like, well, my prayers aren't pretty. The Bible never said we need pretty prayers. It just said honest prayers. Verse 8, it says, talking about uh, people peddling formulas, programs, advice, and and techniques. It says, don't fall for that nonsense in verse 8. This is your father you are dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. It says, with a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. And then he goes into leading into the Lord's Prayer. That's the instructions from Jesus, who was the master of everything when it came to spirituality and life. Jesus didn't pray these just elaborate, gorgeous prayers. I can tell you in the Garden of Gethsemane, they definitely weren't pretty. You can go and read the anguish in his voice. He's praying a raw prayer to God. Saying, God, if there's any other way, let this cup pass. But not my will, let your will be done. See, that's a key to prayer right there. Is that I don't, through prayer, I'm not trying to build my own kingdom. God bless me. God take care of me. God, now look, I'm going to take the things that are on my plate and the things that I'm believing God for. But my number one goal, and we were singing about this here in that last song, is that yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the power. God, I want to exalt you and magnify you and lift you up because you alone are worthy. And I just get to be part of the fallout of your goodness. There's nothing about me that is special other than my daddy. My heavenly father. That's what makes any of us special. But something happens when we can just honestly get before the Lord. Set some time aside, just as it says here, get a secluded place. You're like, well, I don't have a secluded place. Go for a walk. Your secluded place could be the cab of your vehicle. I mean, you can find anywhere to pray. You can pray in the shower. Hopefully you're there by yourself. But I'm just saying, that's a secluded place. 
Somehow we have this idea that, hey, a secluded place has to be like this prayer closet that I only pray in. If your prayer closet has all your clothes in it, that will do too. Like, it doesn't matter. It's just a place that you get alone with God is the key. And so this is important for us to understand, to, to see, because I believe even this year, as we will continue to seek the Lord, not just during this month, not just during this first time, but I believe that if we will bring a consistency about in our prayer life, seeking after the Lord, that it will produce dynamic ability of God at work. If we will consistently make this part of who we are, that we will see God do more and greater. Why? Because we've kept the focus on Him. And let me just say this. I, was, I said this a moment ago, just so that I'm clear. Is that we want to give glory to God. We're not trying to build our own kingdom. I'm trying to build His kingdom. I'm not trying to be famous or be somebody. No, I want to make Him famous. Right? Well, part of how God shows forth His glory in the earth is that He actually pours out His Spirit in His children. So He's glorified even when we do well. Let me say it that way. When we prosper, and I don't mean financially. Prosperity is not limited to your checkbook. You can have a lot of money and be uh, soulishly broke, and that's much more dangerous. So it's more important for us to prosper spirit, soul, than the body. I mean, you even think about it. The Bible actually puts the body, the natural realm, the last. Spirit's first, soul, so mind, will, emotions is second. And in the natural realm is third. But I will say this, according to 3 John 2, he said, Beloved, I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. If you want to experience more of God's blessing in your life, begin to deal with some of the things in your heart. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. You pray. You ask the Holy Spirit to help. Now, I heard this quote here recently and it really stuck out to me. I had to go back and find it. And I've never thought about this quite this way, but I want to share it with you. It's really um, kind of, uh, it, it just, it's really stuck with me. And it's this, it says, um, a day without prayer is a boast against God. Wow. A day without prayer is a boast against God. Now, let, you know, and, and when I first heard it, it kind of stuck out to me. And then I was kind of like... Then I kept thinking about it. I just happened. I was actually there. I was watching something on her laptop. And I just happened to walk by right when they said it. And, uh, uh, and so for days, that just kept rolling around in my heart. And I was like, I've got to go back and figure out what in the world they were talking about. Because I've never heard that statement. And so what this means to me is this. So a day without prayer is a boast against God. When I don't pray, what I'm essentially saying is I don't need God's help. When I don't pray, what I'm essentially saying is, God, I'm good. I don't need your help right now. But yet we're supposed to live a dependent life upon God. Why? Because that's where all true life comes from. But here's the danger of that. When we don't pray, yes, it is saying that we don't need God's help, but that's rooted in, a, in, a, in, a, in pride. It's a prideful attitude to say, God, I don't need you. I, I think you needed him for salvation. I think you need him for healing. I think you need him for wisdom. And so for a day to go by without seeking the Lord is a day that we've lived in pride. Now, I don't know about you, but that kind of messes with me. That challenges me like to the core of who I am. Because look, I, I mean, I spend time in prayer and I pray. But there are days that I know that I've just kind of thrown up some Hail Marys to God. Just, well, here we go. 
keeps working for the Packers, so, you know, maybe it'll work today. I don't know, but I'm still a little bitter, but that's okay. The Lord will heal my heart. Now, a day that we go without seeking God, even in praying, there's pride there. Well, here's, here's the danger in that. Over in James chapter 4, verse 6, many of you know this verse. But it says, uh, where, where the Bible actually says that God sets himself against the proud. He opposes pride. Pride is a killer to our relationship with God. If you want your relationship with the Lord to become stale, think you got it figured out. Because God actually sets himself against us when we walk willingly in pride. Now, I say this is a person who the Lord has had to work on me in this area. And so we have to understand that, that God sets himself against those who are proud. But this is what he says. But he gives grace to the humble. The very act of prayer requires humility. Because it's saying, God, I need you. I need help and I don't have this figured out and I can't do this on my own. And even further than that, I don't want to do this on my own. Even if I could, I don't want to. I I, I don't want to be that way. So let me give you a couple of examples here. When we're not praying about our marriage, we're saying, God, I don't need you in my marriage. Saying, God, I'm good. I don't need you in my marriage. When I'm not praying about my finances, I'm telling God I don't need him in my finances. When I don't pray about uh, the future or even direction in my life, what I'm saying is, God, I'll figure out my own way. That's a dangerous place to be. The Bible says that man plans our ways, but the Lord will order our steps. In other words, you can have your plan, and that's fine until the Lord says otherwise. Now, you've you've got a decision. Are you going to be prideful and stick with what you want? Or are you going to humble yourself and say, well, I know this is what I had, but this is what the Lord said. If you want to find out a real easy, one of the easiest things I know of to find out uh, in this area is when the Lord asks you to give up something. Like whether that's to give something to somebody, whether that's to sow a seed of some kind, no matter what it may be. Because what happens when we don't walk in obedience to the Lord, what we're saying is, I know better. I mean, go read in Job. Where Job began to question God. God puts a verbal smackdown on Job for about two chapters. And says, where were you when I framed the world? Where were you when I said the oceans could not go past this point? Where were you? And, and we were talking the other day about this. It was talking about, you know, does lightning come and ask your permission to strike and then where to strike? <laughs> Hello. I'm sorry, I am not God and I am not wise. And that's what Job says. I have spoke about things and babbled about things that I am too foolish to understand. You are God and I am not. Well, that requires humility. Especially when you've really, I mean, I'm an analytical person. So, man, I, I analyze and I'm, you know, and I'm always kind of formulating. And I got a backup plan for my backup plan for my backup plan. And when the Lord says, that's not the best way. And I'm like, how can this not be the best way? I've spent a lot of time thinking about this, God. That's rude. Okay. <laughs> You hurt my feelings there. I have a choice. Am I going to submit to God and humble myself and say, Lord, you're God and I'm not. This is not my life. This is not my stuff. Nothing about me belongs to me. I have surrendered everything to you. 
That requires humility. Now here's the good news is that it says that God gives great grace or, or that He would give even grace to the humble. Now you can apply this to any area of your life. but um, so and, and I said this once, but I'll say it again. It's worth repeating. Is that prayer is actually our way of saying to God that I need you. Prayer is an invitation for God to work in our life. That's why it goes back and it says that if you seek, you will find. If you ask, it will be given unto you. If you knock, the door will be opened. Why? Because when we pray, we're inviting God into that circumstance, into that situation, even into that limitation or whatever it may be. When I'm seeking the Lord, what I'm saying is, God, I need your help and I cannot go forward without you. And I don't want to go forward without you. I mean, I, I love the account of Moses in the Old Testament. He's getting ready to go into the promised land. You know, they were getting close to the promised land. God was leading them out. And God came and tested Moses with this question. Not really a question. He made a statement. But he says, the promised land is ahead. You go ahead, but I'm going to stay here. And Moses says, I'm not going anywhere without you. If you're not going, I'm not going. And the problem is sometimes we get out in front of God not realizing that he stopped. And there's a reason. And so we wonder, man, things were clicking us along so well. Man, things just seemed to be falling into place. I had favor in my life. And then all of a sudden, the stinking wheels fell off and the train's off the track. And I don't know what's happened. Now I'm wrecked. God didn't cause the wreck. We probably have stepped away from those things that got things rolling the way they were. We thought, oh, man, I'm, I'm in my promised land. Praise God. I mean, I'll just mention this. It has nothing to do with the message, but even in your promised land, you have to keep that promise by faith. The children of Israel lost their promised land over and over and over again. Why? Because they didn't continue in faith with God. It takes faith to pray. I mean, I've had those times in my life where I'm praying and I'm like, is this even doing anything? Like, God, can you make like, I don't know. An angel appear or something so I know. Like, I mean, give me a smoke signal. Give me something. Is anybody hearing this? Well, what did I do? I kept praying. Why? Because it takes faith to pray. I believe what I'm doing is actually producing something. So, and I'm not talking about just, you know, oh, you got to pray for four hours. I'll just say, I've never prayed for four hours straight in my life. Never. Now, I do pray. I set time aside. I set time aside this morning to pray for nothing just to pray. I wasn't praying for you. I wasn't praying for me. I wasn't praying about this service. I was just praying. Why? Because I need God. I need God to work, man. I need His help. I'm just seeking after the Lord. I heard this said, and it was really good, is that prayer is the language of weakness. Now, the Bible says in our weakness, we can be made strong. I can only receive from God what He has for me when I'm willing to recognize that I actually need it. That God, I'm too weak to fix myself. So I need some help. I need grace. So Lord, I'm going to humble myself before you and I'm going to ask for your help. And when you speak, I'm going to listen.
You know, the Bible many times equates us to sheep. Have you ever heard of a... Uh, now, let me say it this way. Is that we're sheep and that we have to have a shepherd. Now, why do sheep need a shepherd? What were some of those answers? They would die. They're dumb. What? Lost. Yeah, you, you never heard of a, like a, a homing sheep. If you're lost, you need to go find this sheep because he's going to find... You've never heard of an attack sheep? They don't fight. I, I mean, you know... You never heard of a guard sheep? Like, oh, you are going to check out my new guard sheep. He's a, he's a beast. Like, <laughs> nobody's coming to my... Like, it's a sheep. Sheep have to be defended. Sheep have to be cared for, right? Now, look, I'm not saying that we're dumb and we're completely helpless. But what I am saying is, God is a much better shepherd than we are. We saw there... In Luke where it says that your father knows what you have need of before you even realize it. Other places in the Bible it declares that God is the God who sees ahead and makes provision. If I'll take time and set this and really seek the Lord, not just during this season, but even during this year, God will make provision before I even have the need. That way I don't even see the needs. Now that's an interesting place to be. I mean, you know, I'm thinking one natural, a couple of natural examples with this. But we have people in this church right now who they felt like they needed to change jobs. We've had this happen several times, just kind of out of the blue. I just feel like I need to look for a new job. They look for a new job, get a new job. Within weeks, their entire departments were gone. Oh, that was the Lord seeing ahead making provision so that you didn't have to be without a job and without a paycheck. That was God if you didn't realize it. See, God can even give you that kind of wisdom ahead of time. Hey, you need to quit being comfortable and step out and start your own business. Mm-hmm. No, sir. Lord, that takes money and I don't have any. But yet I believe that the Lord will do that to you. Not to everybody. But I believe the Lord will stir that up in some people. Well, that's going to take faith. It's going to take faith to do that. So prayer has to become less of an occasional moment and more of a lifestyle force. We have to, I believe, and this is one of the statements that I felt like the Lord stirred in me about this year, is that we have to and need to become people of prayer. Not people who pray, people of prayer. And there's a difference. And I want to, and this is... Just how I'm going to communicate it to you. Here's the difference that I believe. The difference between a person who prays and a person being a, a person of prayer is this. It's priority. When do I pray? Do I seek God first? Or do I wait until it's my last option? Well, I guess I should pray now. If, you, if God's your last Option, you're a person who prays. If God is your first option, you're a person of prayer. It's about priority. Where do you go first? So I want to read you a couple verses here. And you don't have to turn because I'm going to go through these fairly quickly. But First Chronicles 16 verse 11. Let me get back over in the New Living Translation. Oops. It says, search for the Lord and for his strength. 
Other translations actually say to pray for the Lord or to seek the Lord and for His strength and continually seek Him. What happens when you pray? Strength comes. It's one of the aspects, one of the things that comes through prayer. When we see God, we get strength that we do not have in and of ourselves. So God, I humble myself, but now strength comes in my weakness. So just because I may say, God, I'm weak doesn't mean that I'm weak. No, I become strong in Christ. And God will fill me up with power and ability. Ephesians 6.18 says, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Says, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for believers or for all believers everywhere. When should you pray? Always. That doesn't mean that I don't talk to people and that I'm weird. I'm like, excuse me, I'm talking to God. You can't talk to me right now. Come back in five minutes. I might be done. Take a number. I'll call you when I'm ready. That's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is I should pray always when what? Any time that I hit a speed bump. Anytime that there's a pause in my heart and I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? I didn't know about this bill. I didn't know this was going to happen. I didn't know that my child was going to get sick. I didn't know that the air conditioner was going to break. I didn't know that my car was going to break down today. I didn't know about, you know, this circumstance or that circumstance or this need or that need. What's our first response? It ought to be to pray first. Why? Because we want to be people of prayer. God, I've had it up to here today with these people and I just want to go home. And it's 10 o'clock in the morning. So I can't go home. So God, I need some help right now and I need some grace right now because I don't have it in me to deal with these folks. Either kill them or give me some grace. There's your options. God, here's my hit list in order. If I can only get one, here's number one. Just start there. And then we can just start, if I can only get one or two or three, but, but here's my list. God, that's my options because I can sense that my blood pressure is rising, that I'm getting ready to lose it. But yet the Bible says if I will humble myself, even in that moment, guess what? Grace will come. The grace of God comes in my moment of need. That's what the Bible says. But I, I tap into that through what? By praying. First. Prayer has to be the priority. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Never stop praying. I didn't include this one, but I'm going to throw it in there just because it's fun for me. It says, Never stop praying, but be thankful in all circumstances. Well, Dad Gummit, I don't want to be happy, and I don't want to be glad in all circumstances. These people are driving me nuts. You need to pray. Then you can be thankful in all circumstances. Why? Because you've received some grace, but it's not until you pray that the grace is going to come. If you want grace, pray. If you're good without it, don't pray. I need to pray a lot. Because I need a lot of God's grace. James chapter 5 verse 16. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. It's the new version just so you know. So it may be different up there. But this is what it says in the second part of the verse. It says, The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man or a believer can accomplish much when it's put into action. The persistent, continued prayer of a believer can accomplish much when what? When we pray. If we pray, good things are going to begin to work for us. If we don't pray, you're rolling the dice. (laughs) Come on, Lady Luck, let's do this. Like, I... (sighs) 
The heartfelt, persistent, forever righteous man can accomplish much when it's put into action and made effective by God. I don't do anything by my prayer, but it's what God can do with my prayer that makes the difference. All I'm doing is giving God some leverage to work with. And I'm saying, God, this is my problem and now I'm giving it to you. So now God can work on my behalf. But I have to be consistent in prayer. I've got to be faithful in prayer. It goes on, it says that it is dynamic and, ha- and can have tremendous power. It goes on, it talks, starts talking about the prophet Elijah who prays that, hey, it's not going to rain for three and a half years. Why? Because I said so. It's not really, it's because he prayed. And he said, hey, it will not rain until I pray again. And yet it says, hey, he was just a, a mere man. He was a mere mortal just like us. And yet when he prayed, the heavens shut up and the rain did not come for three and a half years. And when he prayed, the rain began to come again. So the prophet Elijah, like one of the superstars of scripture, right? The Bible says, hey, he was just a man like you. He ate, he breathed, he slept, he woke up. Yes, he was called by God. Yes, there there was an anointing on his life. Yes, I'm not discounting that. But that was not the key to the power of his prayer. Let me say it this way. He had to have the guts to pray the prayer. God, you're going to shut up the heavens when I pray. So I'm going to pray in faith because I've never seen this done before. But that's what... He prayed and guess what? God did what he prayed. He probably had a little bit more confidence the second time around, three and a half years later, when he came back and says, now now it's going to start raining. And he saw a little bitty cloud off in the distance. And he says, that's a big old storm. You boys better get running. He had a lot more faith the second time around. Why? Because he had seen God work and that's the way prayer works. You pray about something and God works and all of a sudden you're like, oh man, there's something to this. This works. Praise God. But what happens is we forget sometimes that, hey, prayer is asking God. It's inviting God into my situation. I don't want to be prideful and God, I don't want to try to live this life in my own ability or in my own strength. God, I need your presence and I need your ability. I need you to speak to me. And I can do that and I invite him into that moment through prayer. Your marriage may be in a rocky spot. Start praying together about it. You're like, I don't even like them. <laughs> Pray separately and ask the Lord to change your heart. We got a marriage conference in three weeks. Why don't you come and pray before you come? We're already praying for you, but you can pray before you come. And I believe the Lord will work in your heart. A couple weeks ago, we looked at Cornelius, and we won't turn there for the sake of time. But in Acts chapter 10, verse 2 and verse 4, it says that Cornelius sought the Lord through what? Through his giving and through his prayers. And then in verse 4, an angel appears to him and says, Hey, the Lord has remembered your prayer. He was an unrighteous, unsaved, uncovenanted man. Even God heard his prayers. And an angel came to give the answer. When we pray first, we we get God's attention. In Daniel chapter 10, I'll give you the backstory. Daniel seeking the Lord. He he started on a 21-day fast. That's where we actually get the number 21. You're like, why is it 21 days? We get it from the book of Daniel. Daniel sought the Lord. Daniel actually did. We see a 10-day fast in Daniel, and we see a 21-day fast. 
But I want to show you something here in uh, Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Daniel had been asking the Lord for an answer, and it had been some time, it had been weeks have gone by, but Daniel stayed steady in prayer. Why? Because Daniel was a person of prayer. I taught on this a couple of Wednesdays ago. I believe it was uh, three Wednesdays ago, if I'm not mistaken, about being a person of prayer. It's on the podcast. Go listen to it. He was a person of prayer. He wasn't moved by circumstance or situations. The angel speaks to Daniel in verse 12 and says, Don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God. Your request has been heard in heaven. Just because I don't have my answer yet doesn't mean God has not heard. I've said this before, and I don't remember where I got it. I'm sure I stole it from somebody else. That's what all good preachers do, right? They hear something really good, and they're like, oh, I'm going to take that. But this is good, and it helps me remember it. It's just because it's delayed doesn't mean it's denied. Just because I don't have my answer yet, when I thought I should have it, just because I sought God on day one, and, and I, well, I ain't got an answer. And day four, I ain't got an answer. Day five, I ain't got an answer. Week two, I don't have an answer. Week three, I ain't got an answer. Stay persistent seeking, and you will find. Don't give up. Keep praying. He says, so you've set yourself to, you know, to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before the Lord your God. He says, your request has been heard. And he says, I have come to answer your prayer. Now it actually goes on, it says, but for 21 days the Spirit withheld me. In other words, there was a battle in the heavenlies. God had sent Daniel's answer, but there were actually, I mean, the Bible talks about angels being uh, heaven's armies. They actually had to battle with the Spirit of that region to get Daniel his answer. So sometimes, let me say it like this, especially, um, depending on what it is, but the Bible actually speaks of intercession, which is what, that's like intense prayer. That's That's how I would communicate it to you. It's intense prayer. Sometimes our prayer is actually what's giving, I believe, the angels the ability to fight on our behalf. The Bible is very clear. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, and the rulers of this world. Okay, well, how do I fight but not fight in the flesh? Because the only way I know how to fight is physically. I pray. And it doesn't mean that I've got to scream and hoop and holler and roll on the floor and all this craziness. And That's not spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is simply standing upon the Word of God and saying, this is my promise and I'm not going to quit. I thank you that my angels are at work for me right now. That my answer is coming and I'm not going to let up and I'm not going to back away. Matthew chapter 6 verse 19. Now we use this many times to think about finances, but I want you to think about it from the standpoint of prayer. Matthew 6, 19 says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where, moth, where, where, where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves can break in and steal. He says, Store up your treasure in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and where thieves do not break in to steal. He says, Wherever your treasure is, there, your desire, or there the desires of your heart will be also. Whatever's most important to you, That's where your desires are going to be. Well, you know, I can actually sow to the Spirit. We talked about this last week. I can sow to the Spirit for God to work on my behalf. Well, why? Because I need some help. I can only speak for me. You may have all your stuff together. Praise God, I don't. 
I pray, and what am I doing? I'm sowing to the Spirit by prayer. And I'm saying, God, I need you to work. I need your help. I need your wisdom. I need your understanding. I don't have all the answers. And I need the Holy Spirit to help me. It's a life dependent upon the presence of God. Now, here's a thought that I want you to consider this morning. Is that your prayers are valuable and precious to the Father. Your prayers are valuable and precious to the Father. He hears every prayer. Why? Because every prayer is an act of faith. It's an act of belief in Him saying, God, I believe that you're who you said you are. I believe that you will work on my behalf. And God, I want you and I'm asking you to move on my behalf. The uh, Revelations several times talks about that there are in heaven, there are great bowls filled with the prayers of the saints. That the angels actually mix with incense and it says that they rise before the throne of God. I mean, think about it, that God holds on to every prayer. He hears and personally listens to every prayer. I can't imagine that. I Man, I can't imagine how many prayers have been lifted to God this morning throughout the world. And yet, the Bible says that God catches every one of them and the angels watch over them so that they will ascend before the throne of God. So when we're praying, we're not just praying to some being out there somewhere. I'm praying to my Father who is in heaven. That's what Jesus says. Pray, our Father who art in heaven. In other words, I'm praying to God and here's His address. If I wanted to ship you a package, I would need your name and I would need your address. Why? To make sure it got to the right place. I'm not praying to anybody else. I'm not praying to Buddha. I'm not praying to Muhammad. No. The Heavenly Father. You are my Lord. And I'm praying to you that you are sitting right now in a place of power and authority, seated on the throne in heaven. That's who I'm praying to. And I have faith that you hear and that you will respond and that you will work on my behalf simply because I set my face to seek you. For no other reason. Simply because I made a priority of praying and keeping myself lined up with you. And when I do that, God will pour out His work and His ability and His life into my life, into my problems, into my circumstances. But it doesn't come because I casually pray. It comes because I've focused myself and I pray and I've set my face. The Bible says, Jesus taught and He said, set your face like a flint. In other words, don't move. Once you pick your direction, there's your mark. So don't move off of it. Last week I talked about being discouraged. That was one of the things that that I believe that the Lord stirred up in me. Is that this was the year for discouragement to end in your life. But you may have to pray through some of that discouragement. That spirit of heaven. It's going to require more than a moment at the altar of somebody laying hands on you. and, And sensing the power of God. If you're believing God for a financial breakthrough. You better be praying that in May. Don't put it off on me like, well, you prayed and nothing happened. It's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to pray, to hear from the Lord, and then to help you to get where God wants you to go. But it is not on somebody else. I don't ask you to carry my burden. Why? Because it's not yours to carry. I'm to take it to the Lord. And say, Lord, here is my burden. And I'm going to lay it down at your feet. Why? Because I can't carry this. I'm a sheep and I'm not meant to be a pack mule. I can't carry this load. It's too great and it's too heavy for me. But I'm thankful that I have a good shepherd 
Who will watch over me. Who will protect me. Who will provide for me what I need when I need it. And my responsibility is to simply focus on the Lord. Say, God, you are my strength. You are my life. You are the root of everything good in my life. And when we set our face like that upon the Lord, guess what happens? We're going to begin to see Him do greater things. Not just for us personally, although I believe there's a part of that. I also believe for it as a church. I mean, my encouragement for you is this. Pray for yourself, but pray for the church. Why? Because I, I, I sense what God wants to do. I don't have all the answers, but I sense what the Lord wants to do. It can either be challenging or it can be easier. I, I, I would prefer for it to be easier. Just my preference. That's going to happen if we pray. Why? Because the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much and it makes much power available. It's dynamic and it's working. It goes all the way to the finish line. It doesn't come up short. It's going to run through the finish line until I get my answer. See, I'm not content to just have church as normal. I'm not content for us to just be where we're at with the influence that we have. I want to change a city. I want to change a region. Remember the prayer of Daniel. The angel came, but hey, he was having to do war in the heavenlies. How do you change a city? How do you change region? It's through prayer. Why? Because the angels will go and fight a battle for us, so we ain't even got to mess with it. How much easier would it be to reach people if we lived in a season and a moment in our area of just an open heaven where people were just tender to the call of God? Where they've been resistant. You start praying for that person that's been resistant to the Lord and what God wants to do in their life and to surrendering their life. You begin to make that a focus of your prayer and say, no longer would the devil rob from them. They may not pray for themselves, but I will pray for them. Ezekiel says that God sought for a man who would stand in the gap and pray for who? The people of the land. But he said, I found none, therefore I cannot work. If we'll make a priority of prayer, I'm telling you. I, I, I mean, I, a sense is so strong in my heart. I've been so stirred about this lately. I'm not trying to build a church. I'm trying to build God's kingdom. But if I will build God's kingdom, then God will build this church. And our influence and our impact will be greater than we've ever imagined or ever thought or ever believed for. So why pray safe prayers? Why not pray really big prayers and say, God, you're a big God. So I don't want to insult you by a limited prayer. God wants to do more in your life and through your life than you can even conceive. You're like, oh, I've got a picture of what that looks like. Throw it away because God's is bigger and better. Don't limit God by who you are or who you've been. This is a new season. But it requires what? That we're going to seek the Lord. Not passively. Not, well, I'm going to push it off to somebody else. No, God, I, I'm going to take it. That I'm a person of prayer and I have a responsibility to pray. And it's not for those people who have the gift of prayer. I'm a believer and my responsibility is to ask you to move and to work. God, I'm going to ask that your spirit move every time that we come together. Every time time that we call upon the name of the Lord, that you're going to be the one who responds. Because my God is the one who responds with fire, not with silence. We need to have that kind of boldness. Why? Because that's what it's going to take to do what God's called us to do. 
I'm not saying that we need to be rude or that we need to be arrogant. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But we have to take truthfully, seriously, that hey, I'm going to pray. Why? Because I have a God who hears, that I have a God who responds, that my God works on my behalf when I seek Him. And the battle is not mine, but the battle is the Lord's. Doesn't mean that we're not going to make decisions and walk this. Maybe. But the burden and the weight of that fight is not on me. I'm going to set my face upon the Lord. Why? Because that's where my help comes from. It doesn't come from anybody else. But look, and I've said that it's about the priority of prayer. I said this week one is that we've got to be people who pray first. Not pray last. Not pray eventually when I get around to it. God, I'm overwhelmed right now. I know pastor said you're the Lord of the breakthrough, but man, my thoughts are overwhelming me right now. And I need some help. God, I'm overwhelmed. My thoughts are racing 90 to nothing. This is more than I can take. It's more than I can take on. And I I need you to be that breakthrough for me. Seek the Lord. Other places the Bible says you have not because you've asked not. Begin to ask the Lord. Begin to pray. See, this is one of the things, and I haven't even shared this with you as a church. It's an interesting season. Things have shifted. I don't know if you can tell. But the Lord has begun to stir some things in me, even prophetically, which is different. Not different, but just it's a different season. I can't explain it. One of the things that he spoke to me about the church for this year is that we would have growth from within and growth from without. Like, what does that mean? That means some of you who have been faithful here for a long time saying, God, one day, one day, one day, God saying, now's the day. It's time for you to grow into the fullness of what God has for you. Not that you do it in and of yourself, but there's a grace and ability and even a greater grace and a greater ability that God wants to use in you this year. Not just in your life, but also even in the church. Some I mean, we got people that have been faithfully teaching our kids for years and years and years. There's a new grace coming. There's a greater anointing coming. I, I, I say it's coming. I believe it's already here if you'll receive it. Some of you have been serving and just being faithful. God sees your faithfulness. But we've got to seek. We've got to seek the Lord to, to tap into that. Why? Because I believe what the Lord is dropping in my heart. I want to see lives touched and lives changed and bodies healed and, and families restored. Why do we do a marriage conference? Because I believe God cares about marriage. That's why. I'm not trying to insult anybody that's not married. But I believe the family matters. And that even includes if you are a single parent. Your family matters too. And yes, you are a real family. You may not have two adults. You may be a single adult trying to raise some kids. But just know, your family matters too. Not trying to exclude you from anything. But I believe God will do great things when we pray. When we make a priority of prayer and say, God, we need you to work. We need you to move because we can't do this. Look, I can't make this church do anything. you're the pastor I thought that's what the pastor did that's a funny joke no I'm supposed to be faithful to do what the Lord's called me to do and if I'll be faithful to what the Lord tells me to do even concerning our church 
I mean, the Bible says this, is that, and this is a verse that God gave me uh, even when we first uh, took this church. And, and it's a familiar verse, but it says that unless the Lord builds the house, he who labors, labors in vain. So in other words, if I try to build this, it's a house of cards that's going to fall. If the Lord builds it, it'll stand. And we don't have to maintain it. The Lord will. So I I want to encourage you this morning. I hope that you're stirred up. Pray first. Don't wait. Pray first. For what? Any time that you're like, I can't do this. Pray. Even before you get there, pray. You don't know what to do. Pray. You're mad at your spouse. Pray. Mad at your kids. Pray. I mean, me and Dara for years have made this joke. We'll get snippy with each other. We make this statement. You need to go spend some time with Jesus. Because I don't want to put up with this right now. And we say it back and forth. With all the love in my heart, Jesus needs you right now. Because I need you to go find some Jesus right now. In fairness, she says it to me more than I say it to her. But... Why? Because He's the substance of my life. And when we make that a focus of prayer and we do exactly what the Bible says, God will do tremendous things in our life. God will do tremendous things in our church. I believe that our greatest days are still yet to be seen. Now in the world you may say, man, we live in a day of chaos. We do, but that's good for us. Because the Bible says as it gets darker and darker, which it will continue to get darker, by the way, in the world. They have no hope. They're lost as a goose. the light, the Bible says, will shine even brighter. Isaiah 61 gives a prophecy and says, though darkness covered the earth, the glory of the Lord would rise upon you. Well, who's he talking to? His children. That's us. We ought to expect the power of God in greater measure than we've ever known because it's our promise. I don't have to struggle and fight and and push and claw and, and, and do all these things to get where God wants me to go. I need to learn how to rest in prayer. Not fight. I'm resting. God, I'm going to trust you. Because you're faithful to your word and you're faithful to me. So my responsibility is to simply seek you. And I believe when you do that, you're going to see supernatural answers and doors open. And things happen for you. And you're going to begin to sense the presence of God and Him speaking and leading you in a greater measure than you've ever known. But the responsibility on our part is simply to seek. Amen.